Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Bucketless Gamers podcast. I am Jay and I'm once again joined by Eddie. Hello. And today we are not talking about any of the games on the list because we've had a few milestones. So if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you may have seen we've done a few things, haven't we, over the last week. So this is episode 30, which we're incredibly proud of to get to to 30 episodes. We've surpassed a thousand unique downloads which we never thought would happen and i did say on facebook that might sound small to some people when other people are getting a thousand in the space of an hour or 10 minutes or a minute or whatever but for us and what we wanted to achieve with this that was a goal beyond what we thought we would ever get so to to just get that is absolutely amazing Uh, and also we've been going for 100 days as of the middle of last week by the time you're listening to this so yeah, three big milestones, and we thought, why don't we have a week off? Why don't we celebrate it by talking about something something completely different? So we're going to talk a little bit about Starfield later, as we promised last week, although I've still not played loads of it, but I've got enough... I've played it enough that I can I can say a few things. But first, we thought we'd cover off, given it only happened yesterday as, at the point of recording this, Nintendo Direct. So September's Nintendo Direct, which there used to be a lot more few and far between, as far as I remember, don't they? They seem to be churning Nintendo Direct out every other week at this point. Yeah, um, but with that, they used to announce actual big, impactful hmm. games, whereas recently it's just been like, oh, we're releasing a new character for Xenoblade 3. Lovely, thank you for that, Nintendo. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what you want me to do with that. Yeah, we've we've got a bit of that in here, haven't we? There's a couple of announcements that are bigger than others, so we'll we'll try and we'll try and pace it out and and talk about it in in a rough roughly ascending order but we might jump about a little bit so the first thing i think that came up was splatoon 3 so an expansion for splatoon 3 wasn't it i it's not a game i've ever bothered with because i'm not a huge multiplayer online kind of person and as much as i like the concept of being able to spray your own color and dive into it to replenish your ink which almost makes having the mechanic pointless because you can just do it anywhere and refill your own ink whenever you want I do like the idea of that it's sort of area domination, isn't it, in in a quirky kind of way. Paint as much of it as you can in your colour without someone else coming and painting their colour over it. It's a concept that's been around since probably like home computers, Atari and Commodore, where you'd have a square and you had to take over as many squares as you could. I suppose it's at its most basic form, it's a little bit like, what you used to play at school where you draw the four lines and you have to take over as many squares on the grid by putting lines on it. So yeah, it's, it's quite a basic concept, but they've done loads with it, haven't they? And, and this, up, uh, this is an update, isn't it? So it's not a new game. It's just a new mode. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I, pl- the only one out of the series I played was Splatoon one. And at the time that was Nintendo's newest IP after Pikmin, I think. I th- mm. So they'd gone like 10 or 15 years without having a brand new IP and then they'd launched Splatoon and it was a bit odd and a bit outside of Nintendo's comfort zone because it was an online multiplayer third-person shooter, with <laughs> none of which are synonymous with anything Nintendo has done before or since, really. So yeah, it was a bit odd, but I did like the gameplay. It was a bit sort of like a halfway house between Capture the Hill and Capture the Flag. Yeah. So like those old first person shooter ones where you used to have to capture bases 
and then the opposing team sort of shrank down. But when I played it, at least, you seemed to just be able to get away with just running around covering as much of the floor in your team's ink and you'd win because everyone else just sort of ran off and had third-person shooter fun with each other, just shooting each other off the level sort of thing. And it was the people that were diligently just painting corners that other people had missed and you tended to win that way but yeah i think it's i think it's the expansion to this uh single player and it looks right. very out of character for splatoon really it's a bit serious didn't it compared to the yeah. usual cartoony vibrancy of of the regular game did it did the first one come out for wii u or has it always been switch i think the first one was wii u gonna say because um, I know you said like the first IP and I was just thinking about arms and whether arms yeah came out but but that was for switch wasn't it so it would have been after and that was that was terrible um <laughs> but it's a tech demo wasn't it for the yeah for the Wii for the um joy cons that's it joy cons yeah uh but yeah splatoon it doesn't appeal to me much but a single player does more than anything else but the fact it's a little bit of DLC makes me think it's not really going to be worth buying the game just to then buy the expansion to then just play the single player. Uh, so I'll probably I'll be giving that one a miss, I would think. I'm assuming, given you've not played one since one, you'll be giving it a miss too. The only thing I know is that two didn't really step on much from one. It was just more Splatoon, basically. They could have just called it that, to be fair, or released it as a DLC pack. But I have heard quite good reviews about three, but it's just not something that's on my radar, really. I, I don't go to Nintendo for third-person shooter fun. You could have uh, taken a leaf from our Scottish pals and called it, oh no, more Splatoon, like uh, exactly. <laughs> like the Lemmings game. Next up was, well, it might not have been next up because I've probably listed these in a bit of a different order and how I want, how we decided, sorry, to speak about them. Next up is Mario vs. Donkey Kong, which is a Game Boy Advance remake, I think, was it? Yeah. So going back a bit, again, not a game that massively appeals to me. It's probably one I could sit and play if I was on holiday or if I had nothing to do and I was just lounging around, I could probably sit and get a bit of enjoyment out of it. But it's a, would you describe it as a puzzle platformer? Almost, it's not yeah. fully platformer, is it? It's it's moving around platforms to solve puzzles rather than there being difficult jumps or enemies to avoid. There are a few enemies in it, but it's not that kind of game, is it? It's a hard one to describe, really. I, I may be sounding incredibly disingenuous when I say this, but it does. It looks like a kind of game that Nintendo have gone on to Mario Maker, seen all those little quirky, weird levels that people have pulled together for them and gone, oh, we'll f***ing have that, thank you. And just downloaded everything and just gone, thanks very much. Free level design. And also it's our IP, so you can't say that it's yours. Yeah, um, it, it predates it, doesn't it? So that's yeah. the weird thing. It's it's very much go here, press a switch, go there, grab a key, that kind of... It's, it's like something you'd expect on a Game Boy. Do you remember... Yeah. Bugs Bunny's Birthday Bash and all those type of games. That it's not a million miles away from those, is it? It's just done a little bit cleverer. I can't remember if if there's because there's been quite a few of them, aren't there? The Mario versus Donkey Kong ones. Yeah. And I know in some of them there's little mini Mario's that you have to guide around the map. So it's like one big escort mission. And in some of them, I think there were boss fights. I can't remember if that's the case in this first one because it has been years since I've played it. But it's a it's a weird choice again. It's it's like they went 
well, what have we got knocking about that would be really easy to just reskin? Oh, this will yeah. do. Because it's coming out really soon as well, isn't it? I think that's one of the ones, is it like November? Yeah, that's one of the so. ones that's coming out earliest out of everything that was in the Nintendo Direct, and there's been nothing about it as far as I'm aware until yesterday. And then all of a sudden it's coming out in like a month's time, two months' time. And I don't think many people are going to get excited about it. The The trailer I watched, because I didn't actually watch the Direct live, I watched somebody else reacting to the Direct. And he was saying, if that's priced at about $20, yeah, fair enough. But if they come and try and get 40 odd fifty dollars for that i just think it's gonna bomb it's almost one that you'd expect to be free on the online thing to lure you in sort of thing like here have this free thing to me it smacks of because it's it's sort of going out of its way to make donkey kong the the bad well sort of the antagonist to mario's protagonist sort of thing whereas traditionally up until now it's been quite heavily bowser orientated and I don't know whether, following on from the film, you obviously have the sort of sympathetic undertone to Bowser, mm. where he's never been portrayed with that in the games. And then obviously there was the quite open rivalry between Donkey Kong and Mario, and it makes me wonder whether they're trying to cash in on that, really. Let's take a different route. They do resolve it at the end of the film, though, don't they? And Yeah. And Donkey Kong gets the same sympathetic treatment of he's he's completely ignored by his dad and nothing he can do is good enough, which is the same as Mario. It was a weird subplot, that bit. Yeah. (laughs) It worked. It it just about worked. But I think it could have done without it and it would have been fine. The whole bit about Mario's dad not really believing in him seemed really tacked on. Because his dad seemed perfectly nice, apart from the odd comment about <laughs> how the business not, might not be doing as well as it could be doing. Whereas Cranky Kong's just a dick to Donkey Kong, isn't he, the whole way through the yeah. film. So there's much more to it on, on Donkey Kong's side, but then they try to pass it off as they're both in the same situation and that's why they end up relating yeah. to each other. But speaking of, that's probably a good way to move and segue into Mario Kart. I think this is a cash-in on the kart racing <sighs> bit of the film because the final wave they're promising us, so wave six, which we've just discussed, probably isn't even wave six because there were some waves for Wii U and then the Switch. So we don't know where it is in terms of what wave they're on or <laughs> or anything like that, but they, the final wave suggests that this is it now for Mario Kart 8, which is about time if we're fair. But I think this probably cashes in a bit on the film because you've got Diddy Kong being added and you've got Funky Kong being added. I don't think Funky was in the film, was he? No, don't think so. Or is it him that spins off in the background and crashes? So he might he might have a little cameo, but they've yeah. clearly just took, oh, we've got these other Donkey Kong characters we've had in the past. Let's just shove them back into this game. I'm surprised they didn't put Dixie in um, or or a couple of others, or Cranky even, just make Cranky, but then that would actually mean making something new rather than selling you something you've paid for previously. So I can understand why they've not done that. But then there's some weird choices of character. Pauline, have they actually put effort into making her? Because she won't have been in a previous one, will she? No, I don't think so. And I'm I'm wondering whether she's the normal human-proportioned Pauline from Mario yeah, she, Odyssey. she is, I think. She is. 
which is strange in itself, especially when they do the podium bit and they're all stood there about three foot tall <laughs> and she's nearly six foot. And then what the hell is a, a peachette? Is this an offspring of toad and peach or peach dressed as a toad? Or, I don't get what that is. I saw a picture no, of it I... and I still don't know what it is. I thought it was like the Baby Mario version of Peach, but yeah, I, but she I doesn't. Could... She doesn't look younger she's... though. She just looks like she's got a different hat on. Um, it's a unique form of Toadette. I've literally just googled it. What? So she... it's Toadette wearing a Peach costume. Essentially, yes. By grabbing the Super Crown in New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, she turns into Peachette. I mean, well, what the hell? She just looks like Peach, though, so why? That's really confusing. <laughs> I like, think it's, it's not pigtails. Even... Uh, but that's still weird. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not even weird. It's not even like with Pokemon and Ditto and they've changed the eyes or something. The pigtails don't <laughs> aren't enough. She should be smaller or something, surely. Not just Peach, but with a different hairstyle. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But no, Mario Kart, I, I gave up on ages ago. I'd, I'd probably still play it if friends came round. Uh, it's one yeah. of those games for me now. It's not something I'll sit down and play on my own anymore. But if friends were around and we fancied a game Mario Kart, we probably would. But in terms of getting that, is this... It flashed a message up, didn't it, at the bottom? Something about if you've got online, you get this for free. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I didn't notice that. But that, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> they need I'm to sure do something. It said some, something like that about if you're an online subscriber, you get this content included. Oh, that would make sense. So uh, maybe I've misunderstood it. But yeah, if you've gotten into it, because uh, they can't keep charging people for this stuff, surely. There's like two new courses and six new characters. It makes sense to give it out for free if you've got online, but I can't. I could. I could be completely mistaken, but because it was, as I said, I was watching someone else reacting to it, so they were in front of it. You are correct. So, like apparently, all the previous boosters, um, you'll be able to purchase it standalone or access it with Nintendo Switch Online and an expansion pack subscription. So, apparently, if you had that, you have access to all the DLC, which I didn't know. Hmm. I might I might fire that back up then and I assume you only get it for as long as you are a subscriber. I would assume so. But yeah, I might I might fire that back up and let it install and see if any of it's worth worth having. So what we got next? Let's get this one out of the way. Prince of Persia. They're doing some sort of Prince of Persia reboot, remake. I haven't enjoyed Prince of Persia since it was a little 2D one where he walked funny, and I didn't particularly enjoy that either because it was incredibly difficult and frustrating. But I've never got into the 3D ones. It's, I don't know, it seemed like they just slapped that franchise on that game when it was nothing like the original ones. Yeah. And then just continued on with it. I did have a bit of a fascination with the original because it was unlike a lot of things at the time. Mm. The sprite work and the the very deliberate movement. It was almost like you were playing a, an animated program rather than you were in control of a game. But yeah, as soon as you start playing it, oh, it's so frustrating. When there's no enemies on the screen, it's incredibly easy to die. And then when you throw in the fact that enemies start coming towards you with swords and whatnot and whips, I, I don't think I ever got past like a couple of levels on it, probably. But 
yeah, the new one doesn't hold any interest for me. I don't know if you've played the new ones or you've bothered. I played the Sands of Time, which I really enjoyed. The rewind mechanic and stuff like that. The the combat was a bit shitty, but um, the game itself, the traversal gameplay was really good. Um, I pl- played the sort of soft reboot that they did um, on the 360, I think, back when they started rebooting all the old franchises. Mm. So they brought back Tomb Raider, they brought back Devil May Cry, there's DMC, Devil May, Devil May Cry, um, and then they brought this back. It, again, it was okay. The combat was better, but the traversal was shit. So um, I, I don't know how it'll, how it'll fare as a 2D platformer going back to its roots. Is that what it is? Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, yeah it looks I didn't really see much of it. I saw a 3D render and just assumed that's the route they were going. But oh, if it's, it's going back to the original, I mean, it's still going to be frustrating. But it might be more towards. I don't think it's something I'm going to pay for. Let's put it that way. But I might have a look at somebody else playing it and see see what it's got. Speaking of Tomb Raider, seeing as you just mentioned it there, they're doing a remaster of one, two, and three, which would have been incredibly useful for us about two weeks ago when we talked about it and had to go back to playing the originals. Um, I don't know what to think about that. I don't know whether they needed to do that. I don't know who was clamouring for it. And looking at it, it doesn't look amazing from what I saw. It looks better, I'll give it that, but it Lara's model looks like it's from about 2008 or something. It doesn't look like a, a current-gen model of Tomb Raider I was expecting. No, it looks more like the 3D render you got on the cover of yeah, Tomb Raider. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it it looks like they've just and it looks a bit chibified as well. Mm. It looks slightly odd. There's something not quite right about the artwork for it and the rendering. But I mean, there's this that's coming out and then I was scrolling through Amazon looking for um I think I was looking for Dead Space to be fair on PS5. Um and then it said, "Oh, we we ha- we can't find that particular product." However, have you seen that we're remastering Metal Gear Solids 1, 2, and 3 for the PS5 in October. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that would have been useful <laughs> a couple of weeks ago as well. Oh, yeah, you sent me the picture of it, didn't you? Yeah, I was going to mention yeah. that. So, yeah, again, that came too little too late for us because we probably would have gone back through them fully if we could have got our hands on it. Because right at the end of last last week's episode, you said, if you can get a PS2 that works or a PS1 that still works, and then immediately we look like idiots because you can just get it on all the new <laughs> consoles soon. So yeah, the, the Tomb Raider one, if they've improved the controls and stuff, it'll be interesting. Because I would like to go back and play the first one again and see if it triggers any of those memories of me stuck in that room, jumping up. The side, the side of a temple for about two hours. I actually watched a playthrough of Tomb Raider 1 and I couldn't pinpoint the room that I got stuck in. So whether it was a specific, like whether they'd made a specific demo with bits that weren't in the real game, because they used to do that quite a lot, didn't they, back yeah. in the day? It'd be exclusive to the demo disc content. So maybe it was one of those, but I'd love to go back to one, maybe two, and lock the old boy in the fridge just for old time's sake. <laughs> But again, that is completely dependent on price because I'm not paying, even though it is three games, I'm not paying 50-odd quid for something that came out in 1998 or whenever it was. 
to to set the standard, the Metal Gear Solid thing comes out in October and it's twenty five quid, and I think that's reasonable for yeah, three games that are pretty lengthy. I would pitch at around fifteen to twenty for the Tomb Raiders because of how old they are. Granted, they've done a bit of work prettying them up a little bit, but it it's charging for the same old tap. It's Nintendo and it's Switch. I oh, know. So I would not be surprised to see that come out at 40 quid when it first launches. No. What I don't get as well, I was going to mention this. So they've announced this stuff at Nintendo Direct. Does that mean that this is exclusive to Switch? Or is that Tomb Raider thing going to come out on all the other consoles? I I would strongly assume that it is exclusive. Because most of the stuff they've mentioned is their own IPs, isn't it? So you know mm-hmm. they're going to be exclusive. But there are a couple through this list that I wonder whether we're going to see Prince of Persia, for example. That was multi-console previously. So unless Nintendo have bought exclusivity, I don't know. And, and Tomb Raider feels like one that belongs on a PlayStation as well as a Switch. Yeah, but I've not heard about it anywhere else other than this. No. Which is weird. Unless they had the the right to announce it and then we're going to hear soon that it's coming out on other stuff as well. But I mean, they could have like a year's exclusivity as well. And they've done that before with certain games. I don't think Nintendo have as, as much, but PlayStation have done it, haven't they, where they've had a game for a year and then it's been ported over onto other things. And I'm sure Xbox have done the same. So it could I think be they one did of those. it with Tomb Raider, didn't they? Potentially, yeah, that might have the, been one the of new, them. The new, the re, the re, oh, the series. I think Xbox had it for like six months. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it could be a possibility. It just wouldn't feel right, Tomb Raider, not being on a PC or a PlayStation or even the Xbox, I suppose, now. Yeah. So we'll have to keep an eye on what happens with that one. What have we got next? Luigi's Mansion 2 HD remake. Any interest in that? I found this so weird. Because they've never re-released the first one. No, they haven't. Is 2 the one that was on a, on a handheld? 3DS, which explains why they're re-releasing it, because playing the 3DS for any extended amount of time, unless you had the XL, mm. you ended up with these hideous hooks for hands, because it was <laughs> not designed for human hands at all. Nintendo have made a living out of really beautifully designed co- controllers aside from the N64 one. But yeah, you look at the GameCube pad, stunningly designed, brilliantly designed pads, and then you look at the abominations that are their handhelds and you go, oh, whose hands were these designed for? (laughs) This is going to be a complete tangent, but I'm going to mention it now because I've just remembered it. When we were going through all the different releases of Street Fighter, when you were trying to name all the different releases of Street Fighter, there was no mention of 3DS. And it definitely came out for 3DS because I got it with my Did? 3DS. And it was horrific to play. Like you say, because your hands are all cramped up. There's only four four buttons and two shoulders, which the shoulders were really hard to press anyway. And yeah, I think I played it twice to have a look at the 3D element. And then it never got played again because I'm not good at those games anyway. But on there, it was, it was near impossible to play. <laughs> but they didn't have that listed. And that was... Surely pre to it must have yeah it's definitely pre two thousand sixteen. 3ds came out in like two thousand and thirteen, maybe even Something earlier than like that. that. So yeah, I don't know why they missed that one out, but there, there's the integrity of the retro gamer magazine for you. <laughs> They've done the full research and completely missed the release. 
So we'll I'll um I'll write it in in Sharpie in our copy. So it's covered. <laughs> uh but back to Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, I had it. I had the 3DS one. And like you say, it was just really difficult to play for an extended period of time. And that's the kind of game that you want to get into and play for longer than 10 or 20 minutes. You don't want to be picking it up and putting it down, do you? Because there's quite a bit to remember. Yeah. um, And the first one was really good and had a nice controller. The third one is okay. It's it's a bit of a fetch quest-a-thon. And cats keep stealing the key that you found and you end up having to go on a fetch quest to find the cat to get the key back to go to the door that you were trying to get to. And it repeats that about five or six times. It's like, oh, you're just padding it now. Just stop. Just let me just let me go to this boss. Um, but yeah, I just think it's an odd one to do, particularly how well... The, the, particularly, I think the first one sort of like ranked as some of the top mm. Game Boy, uh, GameCube games released. So it's odd yeah. that they've... They just seem averse to porting stuff from the GameCube, and I don't know whether it's the hardware or what, but they just don't like to do it. It can't be the hardware because they have done it, I suppose, unless it is just a real pain in the arse, so they only do it for the stuff they really want to do it for, which we'll come to shortly because there is something on the Nintendo Direct that that we'll mention with that. I think Luigi's Mansion 1, when you got it on a TV, biggish TV, sat in the dark playing it maybe with your mates, it had some really good atmosphere. And that's atmosphere you can't replicate on a uh, 3DS, no matter what you do. Even with the headphones in, you're playing it on a tiny little screen. Like you said, your hand's all cramped up. Even on an XL, you're still on a relatively small screen. You don't get the room filling with lightning when when it strikes outside the house and that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering if that's why they've chose to port this over because i think when you get this on a switch especially if you're docked and you chuck it up on a tv it's going to look really good and the lightning effects and stuff are going to give you that halloweeny atmosphere and i think the guy that i was watching when he saw it he got really excited and he said oh this must be halloween this must be halloween and then at the end it went come in summer 2024 yeah (laughs) and you think why? Why release it in? If you're gonna do it in 2024, wait a couple more months and do yeah. it for Halloween. So another bizarre choice in both game and when they're gonna release it. I mean, is it something you're you'll consider picking up? I, I got about halfway through Luigi's Mansion two, and I've I've started three. I, I couldn't tell you how far I got through it, but. Don't think I'll go back to it. There are certain games that if they re-release them from the GameCube era, I would hands down be like, "Yep, all of this in my face, fantastic, give it me now." Whereas this is just a bit meh, really. Eternal Darkness, I assume, is one that you're talking about there. Eternal Darkness, Pokemon Coliseum, both of them. So that and Gale of Darkness, primarily because they're absolutely extortionate. One that is on the list, and we will talk about very soon, that I am I am genuinely ecstatic that they're re-releasing. Um, but yeah, there's just loads that that they released on that console and then have done nothing with since. And normally they really like re-releasing their old projects and stuff like that. But mm. with, like I say, with the GameCube, they just seem to be like, mm, can't be bothered really. I've got Coliseum and Gale of Darkness, so if I can ever dig them out... <laughs> 
and find where they are. Maybe we can, because I can't remember a thing about them apart from you don't capture Pokemon, do you? You steal them off other people because they've corrupted them. So it's a bit more limited in that you can't just go out and build a team full of Pidgeys or whatever if you really wanted to. You can only get what is presented to you in, in the fights. But I remember them being brilliant because they were the first 3D... I mean, I know you had Pokemon Snap and you had Pokemon yeah. Stadium and all that, but they were the first 3D Pokemon adventure games, weren't they? Yeah. And it was a strange direction to take. They probably, in my opinion, should have done at least one where it's just a standard Pokemon game. But I, yeah, I love those two games, but I can't remember anything. I remember one bit of it where you're in a mining town or something or there's a big crevasse and it's all red rocks and that is the only memory I have of those games and I've I've played them both I completed them both at least once but yeah just completely gone in my old age I can't I I can't remember them whatsoever I can remember every level of Sonic on the Game Gear but I can't remember them (laughs) objectively they're probably better games but what have we got after yeah Luigi Mansion I probably won't pick up unless I find it incredibly cheap, but you never do with Nintendo IPs, do you? They never reduce in price. So it's going to be one of those that I might borrow off someone if they've got it yeah. and they've finished with it. What have we got next? <laughs> this is a weird one. So Princess Peach Showtime. Peach is... I mean, they, they were saying like Peach is finally getting her own game, but we discussed just before we started, she's already had one, and they seem to be ignoring the fact because when i saw it start up i thought it was going to be a remake of yeah it was a ds game because you control i think from what i remember i said this to you before we started as well my memory is not the greatest i have played it i think you can change her moods and depending on what mood she's in she has different power sets so if she's angry she's stronger if she's happy she can float further when she jumps I'm sure it's something along those lines because on the bottom DS screen you have four segments that you can click and change how she how she reacts, I think it is. You look like oh. you're doing some research. Yeah, so it was called Super Princess Peach. That's it one. was on the it was on the DS. And apparently it was the second game where she was the protagonist. Because the first mm. one was in nineteen ninety and was called Princess Toadstool's Castle Run. No, I've never yeah, heard of that. And it was on the Nelsonic Game and Watch. I'll give up. That doesn't count. So, so, so who knew? Um, but yes, you are pretty much correct that it is that you have the bottom screen that is like sad, happy, angry, and sleepy mm. by the looks of it. Three hearts, and yeah, it's just like a standard Mario platformer, Goombas, Cooper Troopers, that sort of thing. It was really good because it took the standard Mario thing, which was getting a bit boring by then, and added that element of you can do different things with the moods. It was almost like, was it Yoshi's Island 2, where you get the different babies, and depending on which baby you've got, you get a different ability. So it was along those lines, but I really enjoyed it. It was very flowery and very very much aimed at girls, I think, when it came out. It was it was a different era, wasn't it, where games were for boys and then this one came out and said, oh, look, there's a game for girls to play as well, which it's not like then anymore, but that's very much how it was back then. So they'd clearly gone, we want a game that's going to lure girls into buying the DS. And it probably worked because it 
it was very like I say the box is very pink and and alluring in those in the the way that they assume girls would want to play games back then. And it probably did lure quite a few people in, but I picked it up cheap and I was really impressed with it. And that's why I thought when I saw it, oh, we've had a couple of remakes here. Looks like we're getting another one and they're just going to jazz this up because it would still work on a Switch to some extent, I suppose. Um, You'd have to have the emotions mapped to buttons, maybe, I suppose, and then you could just press what button you wanted. Well, you could have them touchscreen as well, but then if you docked it, you'd have trouble, wouldn't you? So... But no, that's not what they've done. They've come up with a brand new bizarre game for Princess Peach. Just to, and I'm having watched the trailer. I still don't know what the game is. No, all all I got from it was that you could put on different uniforms, like a pirate or a kung fu Peach, and and you could perform different actions, and that helped you progress through the level because there was like massive. Um, wall of thorns and she was walking up to it hitting it with her umbrella and it wasn't doing anything so she transformed into a pirate peach and got a sword and cut the vines down and it, it's okay it looked okay it looked strange it looked because it's set in a in a because it's called showtime it's set in a theater isn't it it's she's yeah. gone to see a show and the show's been taken over and it looked very much like loads of scenes where you had to do something, so turn into a pirate, cut the vines, turn into a kung fu master and beat up some enemies. I can't remember what the other... Oh, chef, turn into a chef and ice a cake. And it was almost like mini-games. It felt like Mario Party mini-games fleshed out a little bit. But that can't be the game, surely. But there wasn't any, any point in the trailer a feeling of an open level that you would progress along in a normal Mario style that may take you two or three minutes to get from start to finish, going by enemies and whatnot. It almost felt like scene one, act one, get your sword out, slash some vines. Scene one, act two, right, time to ice a cake. Scene one, act three, there's a load of ninjas coming after you, so turn into a ninja and beat them up. It felt a bit WarioWare when I was watching it. Yeah, it was sort of a halfway house between WarioWare. Have you ever played Stacking? No, no. It was a weird little game on the 360. And you were basically like um, Russian dolls. And you were you started out and you were the smallest Russian doll. And you could sort of wobble around and you could walk up to other Russian dolls. And, and it was like a, a proper universe of Russian stacking dolls. And so there were like businessmen ones, there were chefs, there were mm. like elderly women, there were middle class women, upper class women, street urchins, that sort of thing. And if you hopped inside one of the other stacks, um, you became that person and everyone reacted differently to you and you could perform different actions, sort of like Lego games where a certain character can perform a certain action and interact yeah, yeah. with a certain object sort of thing. But yeah, you had to keep stacking your way up to get, but you couldn't jump. So if the mm. thing you were trying to be wasn't the next size up, it was like three sizes up. You'd have to hop inside all the Some different the, sizes until yeah, yeah, yeah. you could get into that one. Um, and it looked a bit like that. You have to, and those were sort of isolated standalone levels, and you got weird sort of esoteric tasks to do, like mix a drink. And mm. you were on like a, a, a hot air balloon sort of thing or a zeppelin, and you had to stack your way up into becoming a barman 
and make it at which point you could do your action and make a drink for somebody and you had to complete them all to complete the level so it looked a bit yeah. like that mixed with WarioWare. It, it feels a bit like a puzzle game but it's not in depth enough to be a puzzle game like oh a cake needs icing which peach would be best used to ice the cake but then it almost feels like a preschool game <laughs> that mm. you're going oh who's, which which person would ice the cake oh that's the chef or which person would fight off ninjas? Oh, that's the Kung Fu one. I'm sure it's not going to be that, but that's the impression I've got from the trailer, and I'm interested to see what they do with it, but at the minute I have no interest in it. If that is what no. it ends up being, I I don't mind puzzle games, and I don't mind isolated level games and all that kind of thing, but I'd much rather, if they were going to do it, just do a fully blown platformer as Peach, but where you can switch into these different geysers to get through certain obstacles within a larger level, and that doesn't feel like what it is. But we'll have to see, because we could be completely off the mark. But I suppose with Peach being in so many of the other Mario games as a playable character now, her own game had to be really different. It couldn't just be another Mario platformer, because then people just go, well, why did you not just put Mario, Luigi and Toad in this as well? Yeah, there's nothing that separates it out from the others, so I, I can see why they've gone so weird and and left field with it. But it just left me with more questions than answers when I'd watched the trailer. So we'll we'll have to see where they take it and what direction that goes in because it's it's got a good idea to it. I feel like they're also feather in the nest for a new version of Peach in the next Smash Brothers where she can turn into all these different variations of peach. Yeah, that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> at no point in the trailer did she turn into a peachette though. So that's no, that <laughs> that's a bonus. True. It's definitely not a toad game. So that one I don't know if you're interested would you is it something you're going to get or are you going to wait to see what more gets revealed because I it's... will yeah. So like Mario Wonder I will wait and see, which was surprising by its absence hmm. from this, to be honest with you. I thought we'd get a little bit more. Don't forget, this is coming out. Did we get a lot in the last one, though? Did they not give like a 10-minute gameplay trailer or something in the last one? Yeah, and it still didn't make any sense, or it still didn't explain what the hell the game was. I must admit, it's drawing me in a bit more, though. The more I see of it, the more I think, yeah. oh, that, that looks a bit more fun than the bog-standard Super Mario Brothers U or um, Super Mario World and all those ones, because I just got so fed up with them compared to the, the one on the, the DS where you've just got to collect a bazillion gold coins, maybe one of yeah. the worst Mario games I've ever played, because they just got lazy with it. They didn't even put good level design in. They just went, oh, just chuck coins everywhere and make them collect them all. And then what do they get when they do it? A different title card. <laughs> That's Ooh. worth doing it for. It, <laughs> But yeah, back to, we mentioned WarioWare there, so let's go jump to that one. WarioWare Move It is coming out, and it, they all have a gimmick, don't they, usually, WarioWare games. I don't know, I didn't play the last one, so I don't know what the gimmick was in that one. But with the um, the best one, which was Smooth Moves, I think there's there's no argument that that's the best one. It was, the Wiimote was the gimmick, so you had five different stances, didn't you? You could hold it in front of your nose like a pencil, you could hold it flat on the palm of your hand like a waiter. They were all these different, put it flat on a table. I think there was six or eight different poses that you could do. And then the games 
told you which pose to get into before it started and, and it went from there. They've gone with that again, haven't they, on this one? So there's like eight different, but it's, they're much more, what's the right term for it? You're not going to be playing this if you've got issues with your back or your legs or <laughs> pretty much any <laughs> other part of you because they're almost like yoga poses, some of them, aren't they? There's squats and bends and all sorts. Yeah, I was going to say, it, the nicest way of putting it is a little bit more avant-garde. It's it's not your usual poses for holding like a remote or something like that. They're a little bit out there. It's not the most inclusive game, I think is what I was <laughs> no. trying to say. If if you're not of able body, you're probably going to struggle with this one, which is a bit of a shame because the the Smooth Moves one, we used to play a lot with, with our family because pretty much anyone could play it. You could play it sat down, couldn't you, for the most part? Yeah. It was it was easier to do stood up, but you could play it sat down. This one, no, you've no chance. And you, you might be able to replicate some of it sat down, but there's ones where you have to hold your arm out behind you and in front of you and stuff, so you really need to be stood up. But it looks good. It looks like it's going to be a return to form, I think, with this pose-based gameplay that matches smooth moves. It immediately felt very similar to that one, didn't it? So, and it's it looks like it's got a bizarre storyline, which they always do that barely makes sense. Yeah, um, and I mean it's coming out. I think this one's beginning in November, which would be nice because that's that I can see that being a sort of a Christmas Day yeah, game yeah. where you get all the family involved. You've just had breakfast. Kids have all unwrapped their presents, and Warrior Wear happens to be one of them, and. You all have a bit of a laugh before Christmas dinner, being a bit silly um, and and having some family fun time. Yeah, maybe Grandma shouldn't play it though. We don't want any, yeah, no, probably not. Any, <laughs> any pop tips just before Christmas dinner? But it looked fun. I probably will at some point pick that up. I, as I say, I haven't played the last one yet. I bought it for my partner Christmas, I think, and we've still not got around to playing it but it's sat there waiting to be played. It is one of those that you almost want to play with a load of other people, though, isn't it? It's it's yeah. far more fun when there's a group of you, and I think you're right. If they get that out for Christmas, it's going to sell well because people will pick it. And, and usually, WarioWare games aren't the 50, 60 quid mark, are they? They're usually no. 35, 40-ish, so it's not going to break the bank for Christmas either. Like, if the kids ask for Starfield at 70 quid, this might be a... A nice little alternative for 35. Uh, which brings us to, we got two, there were a couple of other things mentioned which we're not going to go into. Um, there was a farming game, wasn't there? There was a couple of other bits and bobs. There was the um, JRPG one, which looks absolutely gorgeous, but I don't think it's for me. Or the unicorn thing. Unicorn something or other. Yeah, and then there's Dave the Driver, which looks weird as well, or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, and then there was the, what's the sort of mangary one called? The uh, Japanese anime type one. Um, oh, God, what was it called? It's it's like a story, like a not quite a point and click, but I think you said before we started playing you'd played one of the older ones. Oh, yeah, I have, and I can't remember what it's called now. Um, <laughs> handy. But yes, that that is, is also it, coming out. Is it code something, or has it got code in oh, the name of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, yeah, because it's a puzzler, isn't it? You're, mm. I think it's a remake, to be fair. 
I think from what I understood of the guy that I was watching, and we're not being very informative because we don't even know the name, but um, I think there's a new game on there, and then the previous game only released in PAL territories, so they've bundled right. it, they've remade it and bundled it in with it. Another code. Another code, that's it. That I think that covers most of the things off, but the two that we've got left are big ones, I say. <laughs> F099, so everyone... I think was expecting an F Zero announcement. I don't know why. I don't know if something had been mentioned, and they showed a clip of old school F Zero, and a couple of people that I've watched reacting were like, "Oh, it's F Zero. It's going to be an F Zero remake. It's coming for Switch." And then they just cut to more of the old type of F Zero, but with a shit ton of cars on the same track, and went, "Hey, it's another one of these ninety nine battle royale games where." 99 people are going to race against each other and if you run out of fuel you're out and everyone just went oh that's not really what we were hoping for i mean it's free and it's out now it came out like immediately after the direct didn't it but it's not a new f-zero game which i think is what people were hoping they were going to announce but it, like you said before we started it was migraine inducing even just watching someone else play it there's so many colours flashing around and the screen spinning around itself and I don't think I'll be... I, there was more chance of me playing Tetris 99 than uh, <laughs> than there is that and that's obviously looking at our list saying something. I I saw it and I thought... Because sometimes, very occasionally, when Nintendo do a, a Direct, they show the old, old versions of stuff and then they sort of do a fast-forward skit. Yeah. And I thought that's what it was going to be. So they were going to do like a new, a brand new F-Zero game, which, I mean, the last one on, I think that was the GameCube as well, was horrifically fast, like Mm. to the point where it was borderline unplayable. It was that fast. So I'm kind of glad they didn't, but I didn't want this. This is is a (laughs) D-grade and a see-me-after-class. I mean, thank you, Nintendo, for giving it to us for free. We appreciate the thought. However, next time, don't bother. I think it's weird that they've put this out with no end date on it, yet the Mario one that everyone absolutely loved, they just took away from us after yeah. after a couple of months, and everyone really enjoyed that one. And then this one, I just don't think he's going to be anywhere near as much fun. And And yeah, we've got this for what seems like forever at the moment. But it's just 99 cars on a track, and you've got to race around them. And every time you collide, you lose some of your fuel. And every time you hit the wall, you lose some of your fuel. And if you collect, I can't even remember what they were calling them, something sparks. If you get enough of those, you get your own track, don't you, that goes above the track so you can whiz ahead of a load of people. I just don't see how it works, because as soon as you get into a pack further back... You're just going to get battered to bits and then you're going to game over like every time. So unless you're one of the people that just whiz away from the start line at the front and don't get near anyone, I just don't see how it's going to... What the elastic banding is in it, I don't think you can do it. But I might give... It's free. So I might try it once, inevitably go and be sick and then uninstall it off my my Switch. I mean, I wouldn't have been interested in a new F-Zero game because I'm not Racing games aren't massively my thing, but it's weird that Nintendo don't seem to be able to do what they created, whereas Wipeout do it consistently well yeah. on PlayStation. You'd think at some point they'd have gone, well, get the people who make that 
and we'll just stick an F zero license on it and everyone's happy. But I don't know. I don't know if it'd sell well in this day and age. It'd it'd be nostalgia mostly, wouldn't it? I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, it's been twenty years since the last F zero. So two thousand two, two thousand three. So that's that just shows that there's no real appetite for it because I don't think the one on the GameCube sold particularly well. No, I didn't even know it existed until yesterday. And if it's as fast as you say it is, I'm glad I didn't know it existed because I wouldn't have yeah. enjoyed it. No, so too fast. Let's come to our final game on the uh, direct, and we we've got an hour out of this, which I'm. Pretty impressed with. We we won't get to talk about some of the other stuff. We will still talk about Starfield briefly, but let's just go for the big one. So they are remaking or remastering. I suppose it's a full remake, isn't it? Because it looked completely yeah. new. Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, which I'm happy about and annoyed about in equal <laughs> measure, because I'm now worried that my GameCube <laughs> copy is going to plummet in value. Because everyone can now play it on on a Switch or will be able to play it on a Switch sometime next year. I think that one was slated for, was it? Yeah. So, yeah, they've gone big on RPGs, haven't they, Nintendo at the minute? Because you've got Super Mario RPG re-release or remake is coming out soon. This is coming out soon, which is another RPG. You've got the one we meant, a couple mentioned earlier that they really revealed in this Direct. So... They look to be leaning towards the RPG aspect quite heavily. I don't know which I prefer. I'd really like Super Mario RPG, but um, Thousand Year Door, I spent so long playing that game and didn't actually get that far into it, I don't think, because I spent ages trying to 100% all the bits that I was doing as I went along. So the one bit that really sticks in, in mind for me as a wrestling fan is there's a whole section of it, isn't there, where you go and try and take on a wrestling champion in, in the this, this typical Paper Mario fight style. And I think you can go so far and you recruit him and then you can leave if you want, or you can stay and keep going up the ranks. And I did that, and that, that did. I must have done that for hours and hours. And I noticed he, he pops up in the trailer that they showed, so I'm glad that that's still in there. It does look like a one-to-one recreation, doesn't it? I, it? They were saying that there's something about potential quality of life improvements, but I didn't see anything in it that made me think it was any different to the GameCube version. And I, I can't think of anything that would be a quality of life improvement because it was a well-crafted game, to be honest. Mm. And the the paper marios that came out so for that the wii and i think the wii u were really good all three of them were superbly uh, well crafted the gameplay was great and then they just started churning them out on the 3ds and they were shit you had um color color dash color splash or something like that sticker star was the one that i always remember star you had one to do with paper crafts and it's just, they all just went downhill and they just lost some of the charm. Where we say that in a lot of the game franchises from Nintendo, they play it safe. Paper Mario is one where they don't. They try to do a new gimmick, don't they, for every instalment. So I think in Thousand Year Door, is it that you can turn into objects? You can turn into a paper plane and, and that kind of thing. The one that came after it, was that the one where you can flip the perspective and yeah. go into the, like, walk into the background and 
and see stuff from the side rather than from the front and all that kind of thing. Origami King changed all the battle mechanics, didn't it? So you're on a big circle and you have to line enemies up and then hit them all at once, which I didn't like. Sticker Star was the sticker gimmick, so you could collect stickers, which you could then use in battle. But much like in real life, when I get a nice sticker, I don't want to use it because I don't want to yeah. waste it. So you get you play the whole game collecting loads of stickers and think, well, this might not be the prime opportunity to use it, so I'll keep it, and and you struggle on. And then you get to the end and go, oh, I've got all these stickers that I never used because I thought there was going to be more to it than this. So they do, with Paper Mario, they do keep trying to reinvent it and keep it fresh. And some are hits or some are misses. And yeah, the, the latter ones have been misses for quite a while now. At least they're going back and going, well, we know this one's good, so have a bit more of this. I don't know if it'll be the case for Paper Mario, but they did because they showed another update for Super Mario RPG, didn't they? And it looks fantastic. But I noticed they mentioned that you there's like post-end game content. Yeah. So once you've finished it or once you've finished an area, you can go back into it and there's new dialogue and new fights to unlock more stuff. So they showed when you fight the, the team of sharks on the sunken ship and you go back and he says something like, oh, you've come back for more of you. And then you can fight him again, which you couldn't do in the original. So they've tried to give that, which is a massive game in its own right anyway, even more playability. I don't know if they'll do that with the the Thousand Year Door or not, but that is a massive game anyway, isn't it? You could spend yeah. hours on that and you, you'd still get nowhere. Is it, is it? Do you have to collect six six doodads or MacGuffins or whatever it is in <laughs> Thousand Year Door? Is that right to unlock it? Is that? Yeah, it's something like that. It's like six crystal stars or something mm. like that, because it's always bloody stars with Mario, unless you get to Odyssey, in which case it's moons. <laughs> yeah, we'll do something a bit different, moons. <laughs> that, that'll keep me interesting. No Mario Odyssey 2 announcement, which I didn't think many people expected to get, but no. it's been a long old time since they've done a, a proper 3D Mario now, hasn't it? Well, for the release of the Switch, wasn't it? Back, it was like a yeah. year into the release of the Switch. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it wouldn't have been out of the way if they'd have said Odyssey 2 or a new 3D Mario, but I would have thought they they would wait for Wonder to come out because yeah. a lot of people will go, oh, sod that one, I'm just going to get the 3D <laughs> one instead then. Uh, so I expect once Wonder comes out, if we don't get a new console announcement, we'll probably get a, there's a new 3D Mario in the works or something like that. But that was the Direct, I mean... I've seen a few of these directs now, and to score this one out of 10, I'd probably give it a 7. I think there was some interesting stuff in there. It was a few, few bits that don't interest me in the slightest, but I think there were enough in there to say that they did one like a month ago. They've still managed to get a lot of interesting stuff into this one. Yeah, and it's not... Because normally the directs, they usually focus on one franchise... So, mm. <clears throat> one at the beginning of the year was Tears of the Kingdom. Um, recently, they've been very heavily Pokemon-themed, because obviously the DLC for Scarlet and Violet came out on Wednesday of this week, which I have downloaded, because of course I have. And then <laughs> and then we went round the houses with the sort of Mario one, where they announced Wonder and all the other, the RPG, yeah. and then there were rumblings about Thousand Year Door. But this one's just been a nice spread really it's just been a bit of everything covered quite a wide base of range as well in terms of oh you've got some rpgs here you've got some 
expansion to existing stuff. You've got detective games. You've got Detective Pikachu, which was now um, confirmed and expanded upon. A game that I'm surprised you didn't mention on this because I know it's one of your particular favourites, but Trombone Champ. It's on my list and I jumped past it to save it till the end and then completely forgot about it. Yeah, let's let's double back a second. Trombone Champ, which is one of my all-time favourite. I bought this for my Switch deck, uh, my Steam deck, sorry, after seeing it on Game Grumps. Oh, it's so much fun. It's such a fun game and I'm so glad it's getting more exposure and it's going to be on a bit more of a mainstream platform because the amount of fun you can have, you wouldn't think it. I mean, I'm not a huge rhythm game fan. I'm not a huge Guitar Hero, Dance Dance Revolution, all those kind of things. I've played them and and I don't mind them, but usually they're not my kind of thing. But Trombone Champ is absolutely fantastic because every wrong note you hit is absolutely hilarious. And there's so many songs to choose from. Uh, You get a couple of mates sat around and start playing this game and you're going to have a fantastic time because it's... I can't even describe why it's so good. I mean, the the way they package it up is fantastic because it's got... It starts out... You said it starts out like a Dark Souls game with the storyline <laughs> at the beginning, and it's really serious, and then all of a sudden it's not serious at all. And there's... I don't know if there's an end game to it because I've not played enough into it to know whether there's an end game, but the storyline at the beginning definitely makes you think there is going to be an end game to it. But it's just so good. It is fantastic. And I'd say 90% of the songs are recognisable. And even the ones that you don't know, you end up humming after playing them a couple of times. It is just unbelievable. So, yeah, if go and get this when it comes out. Because it. I don't. I didn't note the date on when that one actually came out. But it's fun. And I think they said something like, is it four-player co-op? So you can you can all join in and play songs together. It's releasing on Thursday. There you go. I mean, if you're listening to this, if I've got this out on Wednesday, because there is an issue we need to address in a minute, if I've got this out on Wednesday and you're listening to this, go and pre-order it or buy it tomorrow. I guarantee you will have a fantastic weekend playing this game. It is amazing. And I can't imagine it's going to be expensive. I think it was 20 quid on PC. So anywhere around that ballpark figure you'll get your money's worth i promise and it's it is that is family fun because it's not a serious rhythm game as such and it's not all classical music either you do no. get sort of like r&b hits and just mm. just random hit me baby one more time on a trombone which you just get weird asides into why is this playable on a trombone i mean it's got that what's the song that they play at Jewish bar mitzvahs is on there, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> yeah. it really is such an eclectic set of songs. And then, like, yeah, like I say, you'll recognize most of them. The Mexican hat dance, I think that's one of the harder <laughs> yeah. ones on there. And then you've got like William Tell Overture and all these ones that you will have heard a million times. But when you try and play them with a trombone, it completely. And I think they've changed the control up, haven't they, for the Switch? Because on PC, it's just your mouse but with inverted controls, so you have to move up to go down and click. And But I think on the Switch, it's motion-controlled. Yeah, it is. Which could potentially make it even better. Uh, but I think I'll be picking that one. Even though I already own it, I think I'll be picking that one up because it is so good. But moving on from that, yeah, the director was decent. Detective Pikachu, which you mentioned, 
I've got it pre-ordered because it came with a pin badge. I, and then when I watched it on the Nintendo Direct, I, I wasn't 100% sold on it. It didn't look particularly good. I don't know. He, he was just riding around on other Pokemon that had weird little abilities. And, and Pokemon spin-off games are really hit and miss for me. Pokemon Ranger was garbage. Pokemon Mystery Dungeons I don't get. I know a lot of people love those ones, but I just didn't get it. But Ranger is a low point for me. I don't know if you ever played that, where you have to wrangle Pokemon by drawing round them on the screen with a stylus. Uh, and the more yeah, the more laps you do, the more likely you are to catch them. But then, if they break the line, you lose health. Oh, it was it was a that was a because the storyline is quite fun, but then the gameplay is just too much to to want to finish it. But yeah, Detective Pikachu. I've already got it pre-ordered and I've paid for it, so I'll be getting that one. But it might be one that goes in the sell pile eventually. <laughs> and yeah, that wraps up the direct. So we we've gone over, but we'll carry on because. It's a special episode, isn't it? So okay. we can't we can't just cut it short. So Starfield, let's move on to that. I've, I'm guessing you've still not been able to play it because it's Xbox exclusive. <laughs> Unless I want to pay an extra twelve ninety nine a month for the um, higher bracket of um, games with gold or the, the uh, Game Pass, yeah, month Game Pass. Which I'm not prepared to do because, and they're changing that as well, aren't they? They've they've they're stopping games with gold. Yeah, I mean it's been that's been flogging a dead horse for years. The the yeah. trash that they put on games with gold, so it does make sense. But Game Pass is so good; it's hard to pick fault with it. There's just so much yeah. stuff on it, even when they take games off it, which is an incredibly annoying. When you're partway through a game and they go, "Oh, you've got a week left." At least then they offer you 20% off buying it in full before it goes off, which is another great thing that they do. But yeah, Starfield is... I mean, you pretty much need Game Pass to play it unless you, you want to chuck 70 quid at it, which we've already discussed. And then there's the PC, it's PC version, I think. But yeah. it's it's not running fantastically, I don't think, from what I've heard about the PC one. Especially not on a Steam Deck, which is what I would be playing it on. So I'm quite thankful I've got the uh, the game pass one but yeah it's it's okay that would be my opinion of it so far it's not blown me away yet but i am enjoying it I've, i'm getting more and more into it it's slow going at the start very slow going and not only is it slow going it's very intimidating because it's so in-depth now so the the perk trees i mean the perk trees in skyrim and f- not so much fallout fallout was a bit more simplified but the perk trees in Skyrim was quite intimidating with all the hundreds of different branches. This is on a different level. You pick a perk and you get the base level. Then you have to pass a challenge in the base level before you can buy the second level of it, even if you've got enough points to buy the second level. So as an example, um, that's one of the ones I've got. So like laser weapons, I think I unlocked you have to kill X amount of people with a laser gun before you can buy the second bit of laser weapons, and then it gives you another challenge. And it's the same for all of them. So boost packs, I think you have to boost for a certain amount of distance before you can upgrade it. And So it's good. It makes sense. But it's really hard to keep track of when you've unlocked like 20 different perks, and then you're like, oh, what do I need to do to get the next level on this one? And then you've got the... You start out as a class, which as far as I can see, you can't change. 
and I was half asleep and fed up when I picked it and just went, oh, I'll just do that one. So I don't really know what the benefits of the one I picked were. <laughs> I think I'm like a former beast tamer or something, which is probably one of the, the decent ones. And then you pick three. They've all got different. It might be that the other things are called skills and these are called perks. I, I mix them up. But you pick three of these perks where they're as much negative as they are positive. So one of them might be you're incredibly strong when you're fighting on a planet. But then if you're fighting on your ship, you're incredibly weak. And and they're all like that. And, and without having played the game before, I didn't know what would be the better option. So I'm like, well, I don't want to pick one of these and it end up making me incredibly vulnerable to something. And then the strong bit of it I never use because of the way I play or whatever. So I went for the ones where they didn't seem to have that much of a negative impact. So I went for one where your parents are still alive. So you can go and visit your parents whenever you want, but they take 2% of all your earnings every month. But what they actually do is when you go and speak to them, they pop up in various places when you're going round, and they'll just be like, you'll go to Venus and they'll just be there like on a holiday. And they give you gifts, which are worth more than the 2% that you're paying them. So I think the first time I spoke to them was in the lodge and they gave me this old handgun. It was like a historical handgun. And I was like, look at this pile of old shit that they've given me and then i've realized that it actually one shots people quite often so it's not a bad thing to have so that one wasn't too bad and then i picked a couple of others that are very similar i think there's one where you get a house but you start off with a hundred and twenty-five thousand credit mortgage that you have to pay off and if you don't pay it off they fine you so but then that gives you like this really luxurious house where you can store unlimited items so they all have their ups and downs. Um, but yeah, that took a long time to get through. And I'm just getting to the point now where I can start doing fun stuff and going and shooting people and investigating and exploring. So yeah, I don't mind it. I think there's a, a lot to learn and it is huge. The ma- I know some people have said a lot of the planets don't really have anything on them, but there's that many of them. Some of them must have something on them. And I've not landed on a planet yet where there hasn't been somebody to interact with or an environment to look into and find crates and chests and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's it's one of those that's it's going to take, I don't know, months of your life, I would say, to fully explore everything and see everything in it. And I'm enjoying it. I just wish I had a good block of time. I played it most of Saturday just to really get into it, but I've just not been able to pick it up since then with other things. So, yeah, definitely a good one. Not knocking Fallout or Skyrim off the top for me at the minute, but it's it's decent. It's not like Outer Worlds either. I know we were saying there's that comparison. At no point when I've been playing it have I really felt that comparison, apart from you can recruit people to your ship to do certain jobs. It's so far felt very... Bethesda-y rather than rather than Outer Worlds because it doesn't have vats when you when you're fighting, which is a big thing to adjust to when you're really used to games that look like this having vats and then this doesn't, which which is it's, it makes sense because it's not a Fallout game, so it shouldn't have vats. But I don't know if it's set in the same universe or not because the storyline from what I've picked up so far is that people had to evacuate Earth and go out into space. So they could tie that back to Fallout, but I don't think they're going to do because it doesn't have that weird futuristic vintage aesthetic that Fallout has. 
Yeah, that from from what I've seen of it. So I uh, follow a guy on YouTube called FX Gamer. <laughs> His name is Paul, um, and he used to do a lot of let's plays uh, like five or six years ago, and then he stopped. And then he came back about a month ago and he's been doing Dead Space, so the remake, because he's a massive sci-fi horror fan. If anyone wants to view him on YouTube, he does have a lot of old videos on there and his reaction videos to playing things like Alien Isolation. Um, (laughs) So he's from Bolton, so he's got quite a strong northern accent and he's a pathological coward, so so I, I... empathize with him quite quite uh, sincerely um, but he's really funny to watch because he's not particularly i think he wouldn't mind me saying he's not particularly good at video games he's sort of he's not like a professional video game player or anything like that. he just plays for the everyman um and his reactions and how you know how when i was playing resident evil 4 and i missed six <laughs> times in a row that's pretty much par for the course with him and necromorphs in dead space so he fires wildly at them and wonders why they're still skittering after him because he's not managed to lop anything off or he'll he'll point at a wall to have a look at it with the flashlight and he'll end up using like stasis on it and you've got a finite amount of stasis energy and he'll use the last bit and he'll be like, oh, for God's sake, I've got to go back and recharge that now. So you just end up, he just ends up cutting over himself constantly, um, trying to cover up the fact that he's had to march back for 20 minutes. But he's started doing Starfield and it looked like it was a bit of um, sort of aliens aesthetic, that sort of retro futuristic with lots of yeah. CRT monitors and that sort of it's i'd say if fallout is like futuristic 40s and 50s this is like futuristic 70s and 80s yeah it it's got it's moved on from what fallout looks like but it's still not it doesn't feel like it's flat screen i mean there are flat screen tvs and stuff but do you know what i mean it like you say the crt monitors and the computers look quite high tech but then also at the same time not and and yeah i get what you mean it, it's got aspects of it that are that still look old even though it's meant to be yeah. set years in the future in space so yeah it's 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 that standard bethesda style i suppose but they've just done enough to distance it from it feeling like another fallout but in space which i think it needed to do because if it had just been all fallout assets but you were in spaceships everyone would have just on it and said oh it's fallout in space you've not really done anything different yeah. so they've done a good job with it so far the dialogue's pretty good from the people that i've encountered the voice acting's took a step up it knows my name which freaked me out when i first started playing it because you type your name in and it doesn't reference you by name in the, in most of the dialogue at the bottom of the screen. But then there's a robot that follows you around when you first get your ship. And it just kept saying Captain J. And I was like, is this, <laughs> is this like a coincidence? Or is this actually happening on purpose? And then it did it again with the name at the bottom. And I was like, no, it is actually saying my actual name. So it must have a name bank where you type it in, and I think it's only this robot that will say it. I've not heard anyone else say my actual name yet. But when it first happened, I was really taken aback, and that's a pretty cool thing to put in. <laughs> Just even if it is one character, it makes you feel more like involved in it and yeah. immersed in it. Uh, so yeah, good stuff so far. If you've got Game Pass, definitely give it a go for free. Don't know if I'd advocate for anyone to pay 70 quid for it, 
just yet because I still think that price will drop. In fact, it might have already dropped. I have a feeling the special edition is 90 now instead of 100, which would make sense because you don't get the the early access. And that must have had a value attached to it. So it makes sense to drop it. But yeah, that's my opinions at the minute on Starfield. And whether they'll change over the course of the next couple of weeks, I don't know. Uh, what I said earlier on, actually, about addressing whether this will be out on the Wednesday, I'm hoping it will, but I'm in Ireland next weekend for a charity event on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I won't be able to do any recording or editing then. So we might have to record the next episode early, which means I might not have enough time to edit this one uh, in turn. So hopefully I can and I can get it all out and, and online and you won't notice a difference as a listener. But we will be putting a video up on YouTube very soon. I've I've managed to download it after, I'm not even joking, 20 attempts to download it because it just kept failing. Even when my internet didn't cut out or anything, kept failing. But I've managed to get it. So now I just have to try and upload it without it crashing. I think we found the limit of how long a video we need to record. <laughs> and it's around the 20 to 30 minute mark. I reckon next time I should just give you my YouTube login. And you should upload it to YouTube rather than Google Drive and just cut the yeah. middleman out. Would have been yeah, a lot, lot easier. Uh, but that will be appearing hopefully very soon. We'll try and get that up. And I think that's about us for this special edition. So we will first thank our patrons because without them, we would have struggled to get to this point. It's not. I'm not being facetious or joking or anything there. The, the fact that we don't have to pay for the hosting each month and we can just do this without worrying means the world to us. So thank you to all our patrons. And I am going to shout all of them out on this special episode. So in the couple of coins tier, we've got Lee and we've got Harry Flynn. In the Bucket Kicker tier, we've got the Sweaty Llama and at the minute, Ric Flair. <laughs> and in the Avatarnish tier, we've got Atropos. So again, thank you to you guys so much for, for keeping us going, essentially. And and allowing us to do this without, as I say, the worry of where are we going to get the next uh, next month's hosting fees from. And we'd also like to say thank you to everyone else that's listened, that's got us to this point. I know we've got, if we look at our stats, we've got people listening in Germany, Japan. We've had from Thailand. Spain, Thailand, Ukraine. We've We've had listeners now, whether it's a load of people on VPNs or whether it is actually people in those countries, we're not sure. But hopefully it is, and, and we've got a bit of worldwide appeal. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to go on Facebook or Instagram and let us know what your favourite part has been from the last 100 days, 30 episodes, please do. Tell us what your least favourite bit is. We probably won't do anything about it, but it'd be nice to know what people <laughs> aren't enjoying as well. And yeah, here's to hopefully another 1,000 downloads, another 100 days, another 30 more episodes. Um, it's It's been fun so far. And we don't have any intention of stopping, so you're stuck with us, I suppose, is <laughs> is the best way to put it. Well, unless Ric Flair comes at us with a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. If I have to redo that thumbnail, I'm going to be fuming. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put one of our faces over it. It'll be fine. That's <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. What we tend to do with the thumbnails anyway. I think that covers everything, so it's probably about time to say... That's goodbye from me. Oh, that's goodbye from me. Actually, do you know what? While we've been recording, it's been eating away at me that 
when we started this, we made a promise to cover all these hundred games, and we were going to do one a week. And now we've just completely gone against what we that said we would do. It does feel a bit weird, to be fair. It, it doesn't feel right. So, what I'm going to do is let's do one now. Let's do one now. In fact, let's do two. Go on, Paradroid, nineteen eighty-five, number fifty-nine in the list. What are we saying? Ten. Because it looks absolutely terrible. <laughs> Bag of shit, 10. Done. Uh, Robotron 2084, <laughs> 1982, number 48. 10 again. Bag of shit. 10. <laughs> nice one. And and that actually makes things far easier for us because I we had nothing to say on those games, did we? So <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Contractual obligation. Tick. Two more games off the list that we didn't want to talk about. Tick. And an episode that I've really enjoyed doing. Tick. Tick. So we'll take that. I think that's a very successful 30th episode. Thank you to everyone once again for listening to us. And we'll see you on the next one. See you later.